Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Will, coming back for a new episode. Field Note Fridays, powered by Yamaha Outdoors and their lineup of ATVs, side-by-sides, and off-road vehicles. On this week's episode, we are into part five of this Hunt Stand Edge series. And next week, we'll be wrapping this thing up. But just to sum it up, for week five, we are just going to be really picking Josh's brain. And I'll talk some on it, too, just more or less diving into more of the features that HuntStand offers outside of the pro whitetail layers. So we're just diving into that. Maybe you'll pick up some golden nuggets on how we like to use different HuntStand features. But other than that, y'all, just want to thank y'all for tuning in to the HuntStand podcast. We really appreciate the support. If you haven't yet, make sure you rate, review, subscribe, follow on all the different listening platforms. Your ratings and reviews really help us out, so please make sure you go down there and make sure you give us that star rating or whatever platform you are listening to and what they tell you to do. So, again, y'all, thanks for that. And if you haven't yet, make sure you download the HuntStand app. We got free, we got pro, and then you got pro whitetail. Pro gives you all 50 states for $29.99 in addition to a few of the other layers that are within HuntStand. But if you want to unlock all the features of HuntStand specifically for Whitetail, make sure you upgrade to Pro Whitetail today. So I'm going to quit talking, and here's myself and Mr. Josh Dalkey. So outside of these, we're going to get into a couple other features that they're not necessarily all in Pro Whitetail. But I want to dive into a couple more that can be great features that some folks that may have just downloaded HuntStand, they've never used it before, or they've just kind of generally used it but not really gotten into the nitty-gritty of it. Let's talk about a couple of those. And specifically, you know, let's talk about how you have used HuntZone, which is essentially our wind forecasting tool that gets you about 72 hours out in advance to where you can see what the wind 
is likely to do. Now that may change depending on what the weather does. You know, it's like I say, weathermen are paid liars. So it could change at a, at a moment's notice depending on how volatile the weather is depending on time of year. So we'll talk about hunt zone and then, you know, different weather and layers and other features that we have in here. So talk to us about hunt zone a little bit, Josh. So if you're to, if you're to break down e-scouting, um, hunt zone is one of those tools that really is like, it's, it's the last tool and it's the most used tool in real time that that myself and most other whitetail hunters tap into. So like Big you time. said, it's it's our wind forecasting tool, but it gives you a visual pinpoint representation of where the wind is going to blow, i.e. where your scent is going to blow hour by hour for 72 hours. And so like you said, uh, when it comes to weather forecasts, they shift, you know, they're, they're, they're shifting constantly. There's a lot of factors that go into that, but this will reflect it. Mm -hmm. So when I'm going out and I've already got all my other e-scouting done, I've, I've got all my other ground scouting done and I'm, I'm ready to actually get out there and hunt a deer or just deer in general, uh, not necessarily a deer, but I'm looking at hunt zone religiously and i mean i'm looking at it days out as i'm plotting out that hunt in my head i'm looking at it the night before i'm looking at the at the morning i wake up and i'm looking at it all the way up until i walk out and, and, and go to my stand or my blind because when it comes to entry and exit routes if you've done all the rest of your scouting you should have a general idea of where these deer are and how they're moving and how that relates to your your stand that you're about to go to and you just don't ever want them to know you're there and the fastest way to let them know you're there is for them to smell you so yes. if you look at hunt zone and then while you're out there don't think that the game is over with it it's easy to be like ah oh, i made it to my stand now i'm going to sit here for as long as i please because the last time i looked the wind was right well check into it every now and then especially if you're going to be doing a longer sit especially like an all day rut sit, uh, things are going to shift throughout the day. And if you're sitting there and you know that the wind is probably going to change, and it's not going to be in your, to your advantage in two hours. Well, sit out the rest of that two hours in that stand, but you better be thinking about your next move. Oh, yeah. And when I say next move, I mean like literally getting down and going somewhere else that could even be, that could be a small move that could be, okay, you're hunting this primary trail that you've really got a good pattern on and you're on the downwind side of it, but you know, in two hours, the wind is going to switch. You still want to, you still want to uh, hunt that trail. You might just have to make fine tune your, your stand location by 50 or a hundred yards. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about necessarily having to go to the other side of the property or a completely different area. But even just those those micro changes, hunt zone will help you dictate that. Like I am looking at that constantly. And there have been very, very few times where it has failed me, where I've tried to challenge it and been stubborn and said, no, I'm going to sit here anyways. And I really like to hunt fringe winds on a lot of spots where I'm really playing it close up against the wall. And when I've 
when I've challenged hunt zone in the past, usually I fail. And that could be the most minor shift that me, that makes the biggest difference in term, terms of where my scent is blowing. And, uh, I mean, I can think of a specific hunt last year when I was playing that fringe wind and it shifted just, I don't know, in terms of, uh, in terms of degrees, I guess maybe it shifted 15 degrees if you're looking at a circle and it was enough where I had a buck come in that would have been on that fringe wind perfect the hour before, but I, I stayed in the stand, the wind shifted and he caught just the edge of my scent Damn. as he was charging in, actually had, had grunted and rattled and he came out of this bedding area running toward my setup and he, he cut the edge of that wind. I had another stand in those woods about 50 yards away to the north. And had I moved to that stand, had I just got down, bit the bullet and moved to that stand, that buck never would have caught me because mm -hmm. he, I mean, he would, he would have, he would have come in perfectly, but those are just all things that you need to, to consider. So in the planning stages and on the fly while you're in the field, yeah. that zone is valuable. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's just a great tool to have, especially you can get just both your essentially your wind and weather in one place. Like I can remember the days growing up hunting with my dad, like six, seven, I mean, eight years old before the days of apps and everything, like solely depending on what the weather channel or the local weather guy was telling us that morning when we got up before we went on the hunt and you'd get out there and you'd be sitting in the stand and everything be good and light starts to come up and then the wind did shift while you're sitting there and it's like, well, crap, now the deer are catching all our scent. You can see them putting their noses up in the air and the hunt is over. So yeah, it's, it's just great to have these tool, these two tools in your hands and it just makes life a little bit easier when you're hunting. Yeah. And uh, the last, the last note, I guess I'll make or remark I'll make on hunt zone is It'll show you what the, I guess, uh, prevailing wind direction is. Um, yeah. So it'll show you where the wind is coming out of and where it's blowing. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't need to still understand locations as as they're affected by terrain and thermals. Yes. Uh, and when I say terrain, it can be even differences in vegetation densities and how it affects where your scent is going to blow. So what I like to do always is, yeah, sometimes I'll carry a puffer, but I really don't pre pre prefer to carry a puffer uh, with like the, the white powder in it mm -hmm. because it's so easy to lose sight of that within a, you know, five, 10 feet of when you, when you puff that deal, yeah, like it doesn't actually show you for a very long distance of where your scent stream is blowing. I always collect a bunch of milkweed before the season or during the season when I'm out there and I see it or any type of really, really light uh, plant material like that. But milkweed is the ultimate and I'll keep it right in my bino harness on the side pocket. And I'm constantly pulling that out while I'm out there and I'm throwing those things into the air and I'm watching where they blow. Because if you've got a north wind that's blowing your scent generally to the south, you might be astonished to watch that milkweed go 50 or 100 yards, and all of a sudden it takes this weird shift to the east or yes. the west. And 
you always just try to do your best. So you got to go off the dominant wind direction. But as you get more intimate with specific spots, spots that you know are good and maybe you continually fail at, or maybe you get a bunch of images, and then you try hunting it all these different ways and you, you can never get the drop on a deer. Well, you're getting busted. And that could be the reason why. So understanding those, those microclimates and like those thermals and stuff, like that's something that you cannot replace with technology, but hunt zone is always, always a, a valuable tool to give you your baseline and you can hone it in from there. Some yeah. areas you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Like, you know, it's some places the wind is super consistent. If it's a North wind, your scent, your scent is going to blow South until mm -hmm. it either goes up or dissipates and, and goes to the ground. But there are other ones that, man, if you're like, I know there's deer here. I know that they're showing up, but they, I can never get it, get the drop on them. They're, they're pegging you somehow, some way they're pegging you. So that might be how they're doing it. Just so think about that. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's interesting. You're talking about that too. Cause I had a stand location last year moving it this year. I mean, it was a, a good little hang on stand that we had, but the thing that, I didn't realize because I wasn't using the milkweed thing. I I forgot what I grabbed. I think it was some thistle or uh, something in the field that I grabbed one day. And the way that the wind would blow on a north wind and the way that this tree edge set up and the way that it was angled, sure, you might be up in the stand, was expecting the deer to kind of come off to our left, you'd have a north wind that would blow right at your back and the way that the deer would come in you knew you thought you were okay with the north wind but the way that the tree edge that we were set up on somehow i guess it would funnel down this tree edge so like yeah you'd still feel it at your back but the way that it was coming from a little bit further away whenever i threw that out it would go out about 10 yards 15 yards from the tree but then it would catch that tree edge drift and I would catch it going right to where those deer are supposed to be coming from. I'm like, what the hell? Like that, that's, that's not North wind. That's what's going on here. And then that's kind of what I figured out was it the way that it was just coming down, like that drift that you were talking about. Well, and then there's, there's one other anecdote I, I love to share when I remember to, and you just made me think of it. Um, you know, people generally think of thermals synonymously with, broken country, hilly, hilly country, mountains, bluffs, mm -hmm. any kind of, any kind of terrain where you're going to have rising and falling thermals in the morning, mornings and evenings. You don't necessarily need terrain for there to be thermal winds. Um, my family's farm, there's one particular spot. I don't know if there's just like a little microclimate in there or what from a, just, there's like a, a swamp in there. And if you pay attention to swamps and like you go hunt around swamps in the winter, you can actually notice when you're walking through, like you can feel the temperature change. Yeah. And you better believe the deer can feel that temperature change oh, as well. Yeah. So I don't know what it is about this one spot, but my old uncle who doesn't pay attention to any of this crap that we're talking about, he's never touched an app in his life. He's 85 <laughs> years old and he's killed a bunch of deer, spent gazillions of hours with deer observing them um i was i was talking about hunting that stand one morning during muzzleloader season and i was super concerned about the wind direction and he's like oh 
usually usually in the morning your scent is going to be rising in there for a while anyways so you can get away with a lot it's probably just going to go up right over their heads like they'll never even it won't even hit the ground and his the stand i was going to be hunting was one of his old ones it's only five feet off the ground and i took his word for it and i killed my biggest minnesota buck that morning and i had a whole herd of deer it's during muzzleloader season super cold snow crunchy snow and this herd of deer came in and i thought i was toast because they were downwind to me they bedded all the way from 40 to 80 yards out in front of me wow. in this thicket. And I sat on them for an hour, just afraid to even move a finger. And they never had a clue in the world I was there. I was watching them grooming themselves. I was watching them chew their cud, literally like regurgitating their food up and swallowing it again. Like I was watching them do all the things that deer do when they're bedding, getting up, browsing, laying back down laying like dogs with their head on the ground and it was around that time where there could have been some second route activity if there were some does that hadn't been bred and sure enough here come these two big bucks out of nowhere late in the morning downwind to me and i didn't have any milkweed with me that morning but i guarantee you they were north of me there was a south wind my scent should have been blowing right at them but if I would have had a piece of milkweed to throw out, I guarantee you it was rising, just like he said it was. So those little nuances like that can can allow you to get away with some things. But Big you time. have to really pay attention. So when you're out there, like keep notes on that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like just don't think that you're gonna remember it. If you do any amount of hunting in any amount of spots you're not going to remember all those nuances over time. And that's, that's where it gets fun because it, it's kind of the merger between old school woodsmanship and having something like an app, like you can still look at the dominant wind direction. You can still look at the conditions and you can say, okay, in this situation, in this spot, this is what's actually happening. And you're only going to know that from being out there and making note of it. So, so keep notes like that in the app. So you're looking at a stand location and you're like, man, this is one of those mornings where like the stars are aligned and I know what these deer are doing. They've been hunted. They're going to be coming in from somewhere downwindish. Can I maybe get away with it this morning? Or, you know, if you're using a firearm or a muzzleloader, you got a little more range, mm-hmm. might even get up a little bit more of a window. So that's where it gets fun, where it's, it's really about spending time out there and not just looking at the app. Absolutely. All right, y'all, there you go. Hopefully you were able to pick up a couple of knowledge nuggets from myself and Josh on this week's episode of the Hunt Stand Edge Field Note Fridays powered by Yamaha Outdoors. We will be wrapping up this six-week series next week, and then we're going to bring you an all-new series following that. So again, y'all, thanks for tuning in this week's episode Field Note Fridays powered by Yamaha Outdoors, and we'll see you on the next one.